Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kiebman. It is wonderful to be with you here this afternoon. And this is our final week of 5780. What a year it's been. What a year. But coming from Chai El, which was just a few days ago, that meant we have 12 days remaining of this year. And with those 12 days, we are meant to rectify, to repair, to try to fix up another month of the past year. So I hope you are enjoying the journey, because already this Shabbos is called Shabbos Slichos, which means on Saturday night, and the chief rabbis arrange special permits with the government. That means we can go Saturday night and do the traditional tradition of Saturday night before Rosh Hashanah, saying the Slichot prayers at midnight. And certainly if your shul is offering it, and obviously we still need to observe the general rules of COVID-19 and social distancing. But it is incredible that we're able to actually do this. And we've come a long way in the last six months. But I'm not here to comment today on COVID-19 as Rabbi of Chabad's seniors programs and the Chabad Goodness and Kindness Center in Santon Central. I thought today would be a good time to talk with you about preparations for Yamta, for Rosh Hashanah. We see Tishrei is nearly here. And as the Medrash tells us, the month of Tishrei is saturated with holiday-related mitzvahs, with opportunities, bucket loads of, of opportunities that we have. And therefore, we have to just seize the opportunity. I know that lots of us have been thinking about the Yamam Tovim, about the holidays that are coming, and certainly thinking about what it's going to look like and how different it will look this year. Usually, we spend Rosh Hashanah with family, with community, with friends, whether at home or at shul. And while some of us may be able to celebrate with the community and with friends, obviously with the social distancing and, and all that, but hopefully plenty of social closeness, togetherness. But this year, many in our community, particularly the elderly, are going to need to celebrate Yom Tov at home. And so what I would like to do these days and invite everyone who would like to, wish to, can join us mornings between 10 and 11 a.m. on Zoom, on our Chabad Senior Zoom room, where we talk about how to practically do Yom Tov at home, and that is our discussion today. So I will give you a little bit today, but if you join us on our Zoom sessions, we have interactive slides and videos and texts and downloadable booklets, and we actually have published a DIY Rosh Hashanah, not just Rosh Hashanah, all the holidays handbook for you to be able to celebrate properly at home with lots of instructions. I'll try to give you some ideas, some insights on how to do Yom Tov practically at home, but if you would like to get a copy of one of these books, then please send me a message at Chabad House or on my personal phone if you've got my number. Or or you can touch base with me and I'll make sure to get the booklet to you somehow or other. That's also a reminder that we at Chabad House, running our seniors programs, are looking after the elderly in our community. If you know any elderly who can benefit from our food parcels, essentials, there are lots of other wonderful organizations in the community but we focus on senior citizens. That's Chabad House. Less oi, more joy. Chabad has many programs for the young, for every age. But my, myself, Rabbi Ari Kivan, my task running Chabad seniors programs 
is to be here for the seniors in the community. So if you know any seniors who we can help, who we can benefit with food parcels, with the essentials that we serve, that we send, and we serve hundreds of seniors in the community. So a typical senior will get a parcel once every two, three weeks to, so they can have the essentials that they need. Of course, we have a special booklet we prepared for Rosh Hashanah, and we have freshly baked honey cakes that are going to be going out to senior citizens in the community between tomorrow and next week. So if you know any seniors, you want to volunteer and help us out, or you want to support our programs, there's lots of costs involved in doing this, then please feel free to touch base, and we'll be happy to have you on board. Now, of course, Rosh Hashanah, just a week from tomorrow, you want it to be meaningful, you want it to be special, you want it to be pleasant. So whether it is a matter of making sure that you have all your food in place, also your spirituality, also the how you're going to conduct Yom Tov Home. So these are all things that need to be discussed, and nothing can really truly replace the camaraderie of friends around your Yom Tov table and joining with community and, and the deeply meaningful prayers that you're probably used to that hopefully your prayers will still be meaningful this year. And there's a lot that you could do whether you're at home or at shul, and that's what I hope to talk with you about today. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. And with Rosh Hashanah approaching next week, it is time for us to get in gear and get ready for a brand new year. Now, let's just think, what is the, how does the Torah describe, characterize Rosh Hashanah? It's the first day of the seventh month, which is interesting because quite a few things. Firstly, Many people think Rosh Hashanah celebrates the creation of the world. It doesn't. It create, celebrates the creation of humanity. So the creation of the world is on the 25th of Kisl, of, of El, which isn't even a day of major celebration. I mean, it is something we know we're aware of, but it's not a big deal. And that comes out this coming Sunday night. So technically you would think that Sunday evening should already be Rosh Hashanah. No. Rosh Hashanah is going to happen on Friday, the 18th of September. So not only that, it's very interesting that the Jewish months begin with Nisa, because that's when we became a people. And that's that's related to Judaism. So the Jewish months begin in the month of Nisan, whereas Rosh Hashanah is not about the Jewish people only, per se. It is about all of humanity. It's the day when God created the very first human beings, Adam and Eve. And so the Jewish New Year is on the first day of the seventh month. I know it's confusing, but that's the way it goes. And what's interesting is the seventh month, what's the Hebrew word for the seventh? Shavii, right? Now, Shavii is very much related to another Hebrew word, which is, I guess it's, it, it shares the same root, the same etymology, and that's the word sova, which means satisfied or satiation. So this is a month that is saturated with physical and spiritual goodness. Just think about all the festivals coming up. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shmini Atzeres, Hashanah Rabbah, Shmini Atzeres, Sukkot Torah, There's so many celebrations. And all of these very special and auspicious dates give us a proper, I mean, of the full range of experiences that we can take with us. You think about from the highs to the lows, two fast days in the month, and time of introspection, 
and time for, you know, the, the great spiritual energy that we can now go ahead and forge ahead to a good year that is to come. And if you think about the etymology of Shavi, which is not only the idea of sova, of, of saturation, of being satiated, but there's also the idea of Shavua. What is Shavua? It's an oath. And the Medrash explains that God swore to Avraham that he would forgive and be merciful to Avraham's descendants during this month. And our sages tell us that if you think of the word Tishrei, name, the name of this coming month that starts next week, Friday night, Tishrei means to release. So it's, it indicates that God releases. God's acquitting us, atoning, forgiving us for all our shortcomings, failures, problems of the past year. God is forgiving. And this is across the board. Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of humanity. The problem that many people are talking about, though, is how are we going to celebrate? Here we might be stuck at home. It's very different than what we're used to. We're, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? We're not going to be in shul. So tune in here and to Chai FM and you listen to the classes or you participate in your shul's Zoom sessions. And you get ready to celebrate and prepare. You don't just walk into a wedding unprepared. You get dressed before. And especially the bride and groom, they have to take time to prepare. If you don't prepare, what do you expect? And therefore, I think we have one week left, one last week of the year. It's not just a time to rectify the past year, but perhaps it's also a time for us to prepare, to get ready in a really proper way for the upcoming holidays that really are going to inspire us, are going to help us begin the new year the right way. So let us begin, you know, the first Rosh Hashanah, we said it's the creation of the first human being first human beings of Adam and Eve. And it's also a day of personal fresh beginnings. It's a time when no matter what happened in the past year, a Rosh Hashanah, we could turn over a new leaf. We could start fresh in our personal lives, in our social lives, in our professional lives. And hopefully we could seize this opportunity and tap into the new beginning. We know Rosh Hashanah is also a day of judgment. All living beings are going to be, as we say, everyone passes before God and God decides our fate, our destiny for the year. But as we say at the end of the Sanatok of prayer, through our teshuva, through proper, true return to our pristine self, to our real, true identity, and through our prayer, and doing What's just, what's right? Acts of charity, acts of kindness. That is what is going to ensure that we have a good year. And, you know, judgment is not something we particularly enjoy. But unfortunately, it's a reality of life. People judge each other all the time. And we don't like being judged. Maybe we should be less judgmental of others. But the only one who we don't mind judging us is one who judges us favorably, of course, right? Why do they judge us favorably? Because they like us. One who loves us will only see the positive, will only see the good. And with that, we know that God is judging us. And isn't that a good, a good, uh, attitude in life to know, hey, the one who's judging me is good, cares for me, 
loves me. And therefore, it's certainly going to be with compassion, with love, with care. So as we described Rosh Hashanah, the birthday of humanity, we know that all of humanity, the entire world, is going to be judged in this day. And all we ask God is to judge us favorably. Why would God judge us favorably? Well, are we worthwhile? The fact that we were born means that we are indispensable to God's plan, that we matter, that, that this world cannot exist without us, without us. Now the question is, am I living up to the mission, purpose, plan that God put me into this world for? And regardless of our age and stage, you know, in a sense, life can be compared to a bus ride. You know, on the bus, people get on and off at different places. They get off when they need to get on, when they get on when they need to. And people get off when they reach their destination, when they've come to the place that they need to get off. And if we could just think in that sense, you know, sadly, regardless of Corona, I as rabbi have been exposed to death way more in my last 10 years in the rabbinate than ever before in my life. And perhaps because I work with the elderly, I'm at West Park Cemetery a little bit too often. But we ought to know that as difficult and sad as it is for us when we when someone we love is no longer with us, it's part of the divine plan. And that's when they were meant to get off the bus, so to say, and that's when they do. And the thing is, who stays on the bus the whole time? Who stays on the bus throughout the journey? It's always the bus driver, right? The bus driver is needed. And in a sense, I think we need to ask ourselves that question. What am I needed for? What purpose? What difference am I making in the world? That I will be needed, that I am required, that I should be granted that blessing for another year to be here. That's really, am I serving my purpose, my function? We say to God, as God judges and decides our fate, our destiny, and we realize, okay, it's on this day, you know, Adam's first step in the world was to gather all of creation to recognize, to acknowledge God. And we do the same. We acknowledge God. We, we turn to God and we say to God, how can I fulfill my purpose? What can I do that will really be my raison d'etre of fulfilling my purpose, my mission in this world? So it's important that, yes, we focus on our prayers, our relationship with God, a little bit, a little bit of self-introspection as well to think about how can I improve for myself, for nobody else, just for myself. Of course, for our family too. And we have to seize all the opportunities that this time of the year gives us. So how do you do this when you're not necessarily going to be in shul? I mean, we have reopened our shul three weeks ago. And I have to say, it's been amazing. It's been incredible. People have been coming from Inyanam. Of course, I hear from some people excuses that they can't come to shul. Shul's the super spreader, which, look, it's possible shuls are, were super spreaders. But that's when shuls don't take precaution. I have to say in our community, certainly at our shul, Every person that comes into the shul is screened. We take their, we have a thermometer taking everybody's temperature when they come in to ensure that their temperature is in normal range. We, we, we screen everyone fills out a form. We have social distancing. Nobody comes in without a mask. We follow all the protocol, all the rules. And it's important to realize that, that, you know, it's sad to me when I hear people's stories that they can't come to shul because, but they could go shopping and they could go to the gym and they could go everywhere else. Then, you know, it's just an excuse. And that's really disappointing when people have that type of attitude. They could go everywhere but shul. Understandably, if you're not going anywhere else, then shul also you're taking the precaution. But if you are going everywhere else, then 
Why can't you come to shul? Don't make those excuses. Anyways, it's not for me to judge, right? That's not my job. God judges in Rosh Hashanah. We want God, God to judge us all favorably. So let's do our very best. Now, people are wondering how to prepare, what to get ready. You have one week left. You don't want to have the last second rush. So let's talk about a few important things that would be most appropriate, especially if you're doing Rosh Hashanah at home, not going to shul. But even if you are going to shul, make sure you have a machzer. Machzer is the Siddur, the High Holiday Prayer Book that includes all the prayers, all the blessings, the Kiddush, the benching, everything you need for Yom Tov. Now, you could certainly buy it at Chabad Books or wherever else you buy your Judaica. And certainly at the same time, you there are downloads. I know anyone who comes to my show, I already sent out the abridged version of the Machzer. If you're not sure which specific prayers to spend more time on, if you need that again, you're most welcome to send me a WhatsApp message and I can forward it to you. I could also forward you our High Holiday Handbook. This guide will help you get through the, all the details of Yom Tov, everything you need to know. Of course, what's Yom Tov without good food? Make sure to buy or prepare all the delectable holiday dishes that you like. And of course, challah, not just challah, we get round challahs for Rosh Hashanah. And you want to have wine or grape juice, all the foods, the, the symbols, the simanim, the foods that we use that are traditionally eaten on the high holiday, that each one has a unique um, symbol and purpose of why we eat them. You, of course, as any Shabbos, you would need your candles and not only regular ordinary candles, you also want to have a kind of yardside candle, a 24-hour candle or 48-hour candle even better so that you could light from a pre-existing flame because don't forget Rosh Hashanah begins on Friday evening. You have to kindle the lights on time. But you also want to be able to light from a pre-existing flame on Saturday night when you're going to be lighting the candles for the second night of Yom Tov. So make sure you have a 24-hour candle. Now, the most important mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah is... What is it? The shofar. In fact, in the Torah, the word Rosh Hashanah, the name Rosh Hashanah does not even feature. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah Rosh Hashanah. It's not the name of the holiday. The name of the holiday in the Torah is Yom Teruah. It's the day of the shofar blasts. What does it mean, the day of the shofar blasts? Well, we know that there are three types of shofar blasts. There is the tekiah, there is the shvarim, there is the teruah. Tekiah is a long, wholesome blast. Shvarim are the intermediate. It's like three, three staggered blasts. Now, all, all three, the length of all three blasts really has to be the same. So let's just for easy sake say that a typical tekiah would last nine seconds. A shvarim would be three, three second blasts. And then you have your tura, which would be nine short blasts. They sound like sobs. They sound like cries. And what's interesting is, why is that the name of the holiday? Yom Teruah. We're not only are we calling it the name of, of, of the holiday based on the shofar blasts, but but more than that, the name is based on the most broken sounds. On the sounds that really sound, that, that really give the impression of, of, of a broken heart, of of moaning, of groaning. Why, why is that the name? 
and certainly there's more to talk about Rosh Hashanah, but I think it's a very, very important message that we are discussing here because in a sense, that brokenness is symbolic of, you could say each of these sounds symbolizes another, another element of our life. The tekiah is symbolic of our wholesome, pristine, core, true self. That is our neshama, our godly soul, the actual piece of God. In that deep recess of our soul, we are complete. There's nothing broken about us. That's the way God created us. But as the shvarim and trua can indicate, there is also brokenness. Life, unfortunately, challenges us. And we have our struggles, we have our difficulties, and perhaps the the shvarim and trua symbolize different aspects. You know, it sounds like weeping sobs. And in a sense, many people deep inside in some way are feeling broken. But if you notice the sequence of the shofar sounds reminds us that the clouds cannot remain overcast for too long. The sun will, will soon reemerge. I mean, we were, we were in lockdown. We were going through difficult times. But at, our sages tell us growth is only possible when there's that shortage, when there's something that's lacking. Groaning is our way of remembering that it is time to grow. It's time, uh, it's a way of reminding ourselves and those around us, that, that something requires repair. Something needs to be fixed in our lives. And maybe the shvarm true of those broken sounds, you know, they, the brokenness doesn't stay forever. In fact, it is followed by the complete and triumphant blast of the tekiah. Now, in life, moaning and groaning is not, is not enough. It's not, you're not going to gain much of that, right? It has to be followed by action. Kvetching should be our way of pushing ourselves to fix something. So I cry, you cry when something hurts. The tekiah symbolizes that we're ready for growth. We're ready for to, to, to become better. And in fact, the sounds of the shofar always conclude with the tekiah. Not just the tekiah, tekiah gedola, the great sound. Because we know that we're never really truly broken. That at the end of the day, we'll always come back to realizing Great things never come from the comfort zones. So that's why there's the Shvara Matura. But we look back at who we are and how we've grown. You know, like seeds, they decompose before they sprout and blossom. And ourselves as well, we experience the challenges, the struggles of life, and we hopefully grow and prosper from them. And just in life, whether it's the last few months or always, we have to grow from our personal struggles. So the most important mitzvah that we have to be aware of on Rosh Hashanah is the blowing of the shofar. Yes, I gave you a very interesting and nice message about the shofar. At least it resonates with me, and that's why I share it with you. But the main message, the main mitzvah, regardless of which message you take, is that you have to hear the shofar. So if there's one time you're thinking, I'm only going to go to shul once on Rosh Hashanah, then make that sometime on Sunday. And if you're not going to go to shul, at least try to arrange with your rabbi, depending where you live. If you live in Sandton Central, it would be my honor to meet you somewhere. We have different locations. We're going to be doing the show for blasts throughout the Sandton CBD area. Many central locations, whether it will be shofar in the park with proper social distancing, or we're going to be going to visit different buildings, residences. We're going to go to the hotels where people are quarantining. 
We're going to be going to complexes where people live, and I'll be blowing the shofar. I hope my lungs will will uh, be able to pull through, and we're going to blow the shofar throughout the day in dozens of locations throughout San and Central. It's it's our greatest honor to come blow shofar for you. And if you would like us to come, that's the main mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah, to blow the shofar. So in this time leading up to Rosh Hashanah, it's important that you set aside time to reflect on the past year. Do that stock-taking as any business would do. And make resolutions for improvement in the coming year. The chauffeur is that wake-up call. It's a reminder that we have to rectify our relationship with God, our relationship with our fellow human beings, and definitely include that on the top of your list of your Rosh Hashanah preparations as we get ready to usher in a brand new and amazing year that's coming up. So in a moment, we'll be right back, and we will discuss more about how to be prepared for Rosh Hashanah, whether at home or at shul. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 High FM as you're getting ready for the high holidays for Rosh Hashanah coming up next week. We are talking here today on how to be ready for the high holidays. There's a lot to be a lot of ways to get ready, and maybe we should talk a little bit about what your yumtiv to-do list should look like, because certainly you are doing your shopping, you're getting ready for yumtiv at home, so what should you be focusing on, what should you be getting, and there's, there's lots, and if you have anything specific in mind, just feel free to chime in, we're here with you, and we'd love to hear and uh, share with you Share your thoughts as well. So you want to get ready actually physically as well, whether it's getting delicious food or getting new clothes in honor of the festival. There's also, uh, you know, the the specific things that you personally would like to have. Now, because Rosh Hashanah is a time we say the blessing of Shachianu and also because the rabbis added an additional second day of Rosh Hashanah. It's appropriate on the second day that you have, spe- that you have actually, um, Shachianu for the blessing, besides for a new fruit that is customary, new clothing as well. So if you're able to get some new clothing in honor of Rosh Hashanah, that would be most appropriate. But there are specific traditional types of foods that people that, that many different customs, and in fact, there are lots of customs. I'm just going to share with you a few of them for now, just to keep them simple. But if you have a particular one, feel free to chime in. Now, the most, most notably is getting round challah. So if you're baking challah yourself, and just, you know, a reminder, I talked about this on our show a few weeks ago about Shabbos, that is challah refers to the mitzvah in the Torah of separating, separating dough because the Torah says, Mereshis Arisasechem Tarimul Hashem, from the first of your dough you should be giving it to God. So in temple times we would take care of the priests, God's representatives in the temple. In today's day and age, you will actually just burn that little piece of challah in your oven. So if you're baking the challah yourself, then this year the tradition is round challah. Why round? I guess the idea of round is symbolic that round doesn't really have an end. So we want our life to be endless with goodness and kindness and blessings that just keep going. 
So perhaps that's a reason for around challah. But certainly your yomta shopping list really depends on what you want. You know, I said you can get new clothing. It's appropriate to get new clothing into and uh, grooming. Um, your typical yomta meal is going to include wine and challah and fish and soup and meat and chicken or whatever it is. If you're not if you're not vegetarian, of course, then make sure you get vegetarian items and the food should be delectable it should be the stuff that you like if you don't like meat then meat is not what you should eat so it all depends on what you like but certainly we try to have lots of good food that the Torah itself says go and enjoy the most delicious food and sweet drinks so this is a day that that you need that strength to celebrate it's not a morbid it's not a it's not a sad day it's a day of celebration and therefore we have numerous meals and not just to, not just any meals. You want your meals to be lavish. So your meal begins with Kiddush. Make sure you have wine or grape juice. Make sure you have the challah. Make sure you have whatever you need for your various courses. You know, fish and meat. Um, commonly, uh, and not just amongst us, but cross-culturally is pleasurable. You go to a restaurant and something you like and you enjoy and it's certainly conducive to happiness which is definitely crucial on a holiday that we want to be happy. And if it doesn't bring you happiness, pleasure, or joy, then you got to look at a different menu. So the point is it should be things that you like, that you enjoy. There's a couple of things that stand out in my mind that people have on Rosh Hashanah. These are additional, you know, besides for your regular type of foods, these are the simanin. The, the foods that are imbued with with symbolic meaning, rich in tradition and history, and there's lots of the different ones. You know, for example, growing up as a kid, my family we always had the, the head of a fish. Okay, my wife doesn't very much enjoy the head of a fish at the yomtiv table, so she came up with a nice other plan, and that is she brings the kids these sweets, these nice, delicious sweets that the kids like. And those are the fish heads. In fact, I saw in some of the shops recently, they had them made out of marshmallows and other goodies. And you can get them. And it certainly, with the kids, it certainly adds an aspect, an element in the celebration of Chag. So the kids might not like the head of a fish, but they could have a gummy fish that's nice, kosher, and enjoyable. So maybe that's the Bubba's job to arrange for the kids. But I was one year at the home of a Sephardic family. And they had literally the entire head of a ram or a sheep at the Rosh Hashanah table. It was dead. <laughs> it was dead. But they cooked it and they had it there. And it spooked some people out. But they had it at the table. I don't know if that's a, I would not believe it's a Sephardic tradition. I know many Sephardic Jews. It was maybe this family that wanted to do something interesting. So, like I said, there are customs, there are more commonly known customs, there are less commonly known customs, but go with whatever your family's traditions are. The most famous traditions are around challah, so that we should have abundant blessings without any end. We have apples dipped in honey for a sweet new year. Pomegranate. Pomegranates have many, many seeds, and the Talmud says, Afilu poishe Yisrael, even the most sinful Jew still has plenty of, of of merits, of good deeds, like the pomegranates filled with seeds. So make sure you have the apples and the honey. 
Make sure you have the pomegranates. Make sure you have a new seasonal fruit. Make sure, oh, there's some other things that come to mind. Carrots. My mother, a blessed memory, made the most delicious simus. I don't like carrots. I don't know why I'm making a public confession here. But my mother made this one. Ooh, it was, it was divine. And it was made with marrow bones and other flankem, if you only know, right? So make some kind of a dish like tzimus, tzimus, or the Yiddish word, tzimus is, is a mix, but the, the Hebrew, the Yiddish word for carrots is merin. And merin means to multiply. We want our bank accounts to multiply. We want our merits to multiply. We want a lot of things to multiply in our lives. So make sure you get something in that indication. Of course, if you don't like carrots, don't eat carrots. This is this is not like matzah that even if you don't like it, it is a mitzvah to eat. These are nice customs and traditions. So if it's something you don't enjoy, then don't eat it. You could talk about it. There's, of course, uh, others have beets. Beets are... Um, beets are... The Hebrew word for beets, or maybe this rather the Aramaic word for the silka. Silka means to... Salik means to remove. So there's a symbolism here saying that God should remove the negativity. God should remove our foes, our enemies, anything that we that's undesirable from our lives. Another common custom is squash, because the Hebrew word for squash is kara. Now, what does kara mean as well? Kara means to read aloud. So we want that our merits should be read and noticed. So these are some of the traditions. Can't forget, some people like to have raisins, lettuce, and, sal- and celery. And there's there's a prayer, there's a blessing that people say when they eat each of these things. It's like a it's a, pl- a passage. may be your will. So people actually usually take uh, raisins, lettuce, and celery, and they say may be your will, dear God that we should have, a, let us have a raise in our salary. Okay, that doesn't, that you could try that one as well. So there's many things you want to make sure you have in your Yom Tov shopping list and make sure you have at least five challahs. So you're going to have, you could have small ones, you could use matzah, whatever the case is, but you want to be able to do the blessings. And there's probably plenty more, but we'll discuss them when we're back in a moment. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman, and we're talking about your Rosh Hashanah to-do list. Well, of course, like any Shabbos, you want to make sure you are going to get your home ready in every way possible, whether it's with having nice, beautiful, fresh flowers and beautiful candlesticks to light your Yom Tov candles. In this country, I don't even know if it's worthwhile having silver because unfortunately the reality, just speaking from experience of the robberies, theft doesn't make it worthwhile. But you could get certainly less expensive but beautiful, whether it's glass, silver sticks, or something my mother-in-law likes to do is floating candles in a crystal dish with flower petals, marbles, and mirrors. It certainly looks beautiful. It looks magnificent. And it is worthwhile to try, do something creative. Make sure you have a nice, elegant Kiddush cup. Kiddush cup to, now, you know, again, I'll throw my own commentary here. If you don't like the taste of metal, people think a Kiddush cup has to be metal or silver. 
I personally don't enjoy the taste of my wine or grape juice coming in a metal cup. It somehow tarnishes the taste. Maybe it's from the polish. Maybe it's from the metal. I don't know. So personally, I found a very decorative glass kiddush cup. Just find a nice, elegant kiddush cup that works for you. What else do people get? Challah cover, like any Shabbos, cutting board, knife. Um, make sure you have a pretty tablecloth. Take out your finest dishware, glassware, your china, napkins, whatever it is that will make your yumta special. But the home also should be prepared. You have to make the beds and make sure that, that the dishes are nice and the kitchen's nice and tidy, even if you're not having guests. Don't forget the yumta itself is a guest and it should look most appropriate and special, that, that the house is neat and clean. When I was a kid, it was one of my greatest honors. My responsibility was vacuuming the house. Yes, vacuuming the house. It was such a great honor to have the home vacuumed and cleaned. There were other things we would do. Uh, one of my other responsibilities was cutting the the paper towels to get the house ready for Yom Tov. I also, all my siblings, we would all polish our shoes. Go into the basement, polish our shoes. You want it to be nice, spick and span, shining. You want to look your very best for Yom Tov. If you have dry cleaning, pick up those dry cleaners. Make sure that the table's set beautifully. As it's Shabbos and Yom Tov, depending where you live, but you want to make sure if you're not in the Erev, you check your pockets and you not carry anything, or at least not to carry Muktza, unless it's something essential that you have rabbinic dispensation for. You want to make sure your lights, it's getting hot here these days, so please set your air conditioners. Put them on a timer. If it's cold, I mean, I don't think any cold front is coming this way, but if it if you like your heater, get it all preset. You know, our refrigerators oftentimes have lights in them. Make sure you fix that setting. It's very simple and easy that your fridge or freezer, if it doesn't have a Shabbos mode, could still be Shabbos friendly, whether it's unscrewing the globe or putting a magnet on the door that your refrigerator is fooled into thinking that every time you open the door that the door's still closed. There, just keep those things in mind of what needs to be done in order to make sure that your home is ready. Of course, all the food needs to be prepared in advance, whether you bought it or make it yourself. You cannot cook on Yom Tov. Oh, well, you could cook on Yom Tov, but you can't cook on Shabbos. So the first 24 hours of Shabbos, you won't be able to cook. On Yom Tov, you can only cook from a pre-existing flame. So you want to make sure that all those arrangements are done and in place before. What about ourselves? we got to self-prepare. Look, look after yourself. Spoil yourself. Go for a mani-pedi before Yom Tov. Go for a massage. Get yourself groomed. Get your nails done. You want to, whatever it is that you, that makes you feel your best, get dressed up in your, in your finest Yom Tov clothing. Buy something new in honor of Yom Tov. These are lots of things that we discussed today that you could do that will make your Yom Tov spectacularly special. Some other recommendations that someone just sent me a little message. Some other things. Why didn't I mention dates? Well, dates, I guess you could say a prayer if you need a date. <laughs> okay. Um, date, dates, I would just say be careful because some dates, dates actually have pits. But um, dates are something nice and uh, certainly symbolic. Uh, I'm sure there's other symbolism in dates. You want every day of the year to be flowing with blessings. Uh, we spoke about um, some people have like uh, green beans with uh, with their edges cut off and, and slightly boiled. Um, I'm not sure what the, what the symbolism of that is, but there must be some symbolism. Um, leek or scallions, it's called karti. 
So there's some people actually do that as well. There's, there's, there's lots and lots of customs, and I certainly didn't mention all of them. So I apologize if I didn't mention your family's favorite custom. Um, and obviously, I, I don't know all the customs out there because I know that there are lots and lots of them. So if I didn't mention anything specific, uh, I apologize uh, you know, to the person who sent me this message that I don't know every custom out there. I only mentioned a few of them that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there are lots of others. And uh, if you have anything, welcome to send it to me. Maybe next week I can announce it, or at least I'm curious. So if anyone wants to share with me what your family's customs on Rosh Hashanah are. But really, to be prepared is not only about the food, which is enjoyable, but also to prepare ourselves physically and spiritually, as we discussed, to be ready for Yom Tov, to be ready for a new year, to resolve to become a better person, to work on our relationship with God and ourselves. And if I could just repeat again, the most important part of Rosh Hashanah is hearing the shofar. So please make every effort possible. Touch base with your rabbi. If you know of any senior citizens, let me know, because we are arranging volunteers who are going to be going into as many retirement facilities, nursing facilities throughout Johannesburg to make sure that the elderly are also going to hear shofar in a safe and proper way. So if you need or know of a senior in any facility, let me know and we'll make arrangements or plans for them. If they're not at a facility, then we could talk to the rabbi who lives closest to whatever residence somebody lives at and we'll make sure that the chauffeur is read there, is blown there. With that, my friends, I'm going to wish you a wonderful Shana Tova Musuka, a good, sweet and blessed year with lots and lots of blessings. And it should we know everything from God is good, but we want it to be sweet too as well. Shana Tovah.